Chapter Two of the Journal of Julius Rodman by Edgar Allan Poe. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Two. After the death of my father and both sisters, I took no farther interest in our plantation at the point and sold it at a complete sacrifice to M. Genot. I had often thought of trapping up the Missouri and resolved now to go on an expedition up that river and try to procure peltries which i was sure of being able to sell at petite Cote to the private agents of the northwest fur company i believe that much more property might be acquired in this way with a little enterprise and courage than i could make by any other means i had always been fond too of hunting and trapping although i had never made a business of either and i had a great desire to explore some portion of our western country about which pierre junot had often spoken to me he was the eldest son of the neighbor who bought me out and was a man of strange manners and somewhat eccentric turn of mind but still one of the best-hearted fellows in the world and certainly as courageous a man as ever drew breath although of no great bodily strength he was of canadian descent and having gone once or twice on short excursions for the fur company in which he had acted as voyageur was fond of calling himself one and of talking about his trips my father had been very fond of pierre and i thought a good deal of him myself he was a great favorite too with my younger sister jane and i believe they would have been married had it been god's will to have spared her when pierre discovered that i had not entirely made up my mind what course to pursue after my father's death he urged me to fit out a small expedition for the river in which he would accompany me and he had no difficulty in bringing me over to his wishes we agreed to push up the missouri as long as we found it possible hunting and trapping as we went and not to return until we had secured as many peltries as would be a fortune for us both his father made no objection and gave him about three hundred dollars which we proceeded to petite Coute for the purpose of getting our equipments and raising as many men as we could for the voyage petite Coute is a small place on the north bank of the missouri about twenty miles from its junction with the mississippi it lies at the foot of a range of low hills and upon a sort of ledge high enough above the river to be out of reach of the june freshets there are not more than five or six houses and these of wood in the upper part of the place but nearer to the east there is a chapel and twelve or fifteen good dwellings running parallel with the river there are about a hundred inhabitants mostly creoles of canadian descent they are extremely indolent and make no attempt at cultivating the country around them which is a rich soil except now and then when a little is done in the way of gardening they live principally by hunting and trading with the indians for peltries which they sell again to the northwest company's agents we expected to meet with no difficulty here in getting recruits for our journey or equipments but were disappointed in both particulars for the place was too poor in every respect to furnish all that we wanted so as to render our voyage safe and efficient we designed to pass through the heart of a country infested with indian tribes of whom we knew nothing except by vague report and whom we had every reason to believe ferocious and treacherous 
it was therefore particularly necessary that we should go well provided with arms and ammunition as well as in some force as regards numbers and if our voyage was to be a source of profit we must take with us canoes of sufficient capacity to bring home what peltries we might collect it was in the middle of march when we first reached petite Cote, and we did not succeed in getting ready until the last of may we had to send twice down the river to the point for men and supplies and neither could be obtained except at great cost we should have failed at last in getting many things absolutely requisite if it had not so happened that pierre met with a party on its return from a trip up the mississippi and engaged six of its best men besides a canoe or pirogue purchasing at the same time most of the surplus stores and ammunition this seasonable aid enabled us to get fairly ready for the voyage before the first of june on the third of this month seventeen ninety one we bid adieu to our friends at petite Corte and started on our expedition our party consisted in all of fifteen persons of these five were canadians from petite Cote and had all been on short excursions up the river they were good boatmen and excellent companions as far as singing french songs went and drinking at which they were pre-eminent although in truth it was a rare thing to see any of them so far the worse for liquor as to be incapable of attending to duty they were always in a good humor and always ready to work but as hunters i did not think them worth much and as fighting men i soon discovered they were not to be depended upon there were two of these five canadians who engaged to act as interpreters for the first five or six hundred miles up the river should we proceed so far and then we hoped to procure an indian occasionally to interpret should it be necessary but we had resolved to avoid as far as possible any meeting with the indians and rather to trap ourselves than run the great risk of trading with so small a party as we numbered it was our policy to proceed with the greatest caution and expose ourselves to notice only when we could not avoid it the six men whom pierre had engaged from aboard the return mississippi boat were as different a set from the canadians as could well be imagined five of them were brothers by the name of greeley john robert meredith frank and poindexter and bolder or finer-looking persons it would have been difficult to find john greeley was the eldest and stoutest of the five and had the reputation of being the strongest man as well as the best shot in kentucky from which state they all came he was full six feet in height and a most extraordinary breadth across the shoulders with large strongly knit limbs like most men of great physical strength he was exceedingly good-tempered and on this account was greatly beloved by all of us the other four brothers were all strong well-built men too although not to be compared with john poindexter was as tall but very gaunt and of singularly fierce appearance but like his elder brother he was of peaceable demeanor all of them were experienced hunters and capital shots they had gladly accepted pierre's offer to go with us and we made an arrangement with them which ensured them an equal share with pierre and myself in the profits of the enterprise that is to say we divided the proceeds into three parts one of which was to be mine one pierre's and one shared among the five brothers 
the sixth man whom we enlisted from the return boat was also a good recruit his name was alexander wormley a virginian and a very strange character he had originally been a preacher of the gospel and had afterwards fancied himself a prophet going about the country with a long beard and hair and in his bare feet haranguing every one he met this hallucination was now diverted into another channel and he thought of nothing else than of finding gold mines in some of the fastnesses of the country upon this subject he was as entirely mad as any man could well be but upon all others was remarkably sensible and even acute he was a good boatman and a good hunter and as brave a fellow as ever stepped besides being of great bodily strength and swiftness of foot i counted much upon this recruit on account of his enthusiastic character and in the end i was not deceived as will appear our other two recruits were a negro belonging to piergenot named toby and a stranger whom we had picked up in the woods near mills point and who joined our expedition upon the instant as soon as we mentioned our design his name was andrew thornton also a virginian and i believe of excellent family belonging to the thorntons of the northern part of the state he had been from virginia about three years during the whole of which time he had been rambling about the western country with no other companion than a large dog of the newfoundland species he had collected no peltries and did not seem to have any object in view more than the gratification of a roving and adventurous propensity he frequently amused us when sitting round our campfires at night with a relation of his adventures and hardships in the wilderness recounting them with a straightforward earnestness which left us no room to doubt their truth although indeed many of them had a marvellous air experience afterwards taught us that the dangers and difficulties of a solitary hunter can scarcely be exaggerated and that the real task is to depict them to the hearer in sufficiently distinct colours i took a great liking to thornton from the first hour in which i saw him i have only said a few words respecting toby but he was not the least important personage of our party he had been in old m junot's family for a great number of years and had proved himself a faithful negro he was rather too old to accompany such an expedition as ours but pierre was not willing to leave him he was an able-bodied man however and still capable of enduring great fatigue pierre himself was probably the feeblest of our whole company as regards bodily strength but he possessed great sagacity and a courage which nothing could daunt his manners were sometimes extravagant and boisterous which led him to get into frequent quarrels and had once or twice seriously endangered the success of our expedition but he was a true friend and in that one point i consider him invaluable i have now given a brief account of all our party as it was when we left petite Cote to carry ourselves and accoutrements as well as to bring home what peltries might be obtained we had two large boats the smallest of these was a pirogue made of birch bark sewed together with the fibres of the roots of the spruce tree the seams paid with pine resin and the whole so light that six men could carry it with ease it was twenty feet long and could be rowed with from four to twelve oars drawing about eighteen inches of water when loaded to the gunwale 
and when empty not more than ten the other was a keel boat which we had made at petite corte the canoe having been purchased by pierre from the mississippi party it was thirty feet long and when loaded to the gunwale drew two feet of water it had a deck for twenty feet of its length forward forming a cuddy cabin with a strong door and of sufficient dimensions to contain our whole party with close crowding as the boat was very broad this part of it was bullet-proof being wadded with oakum between two coatings of oak plank and in several positions we had small holes bored through which we could have fired upon an enemy in case of attack as well as observe their movements these holes at the same time gave us air and light when we closed the door and we had secure plugs to fit them when necessary the remaining ten feet of the length was open and here we could use as many as six oars but our main dependence was upon poles which we employed by walking along the deck we also had a short mast easily shipped and unshipped which was stepped about seven feet from the bow and upon which we set a large square sail when the wind was fair taking in mast and all when it was ahead in a division made in the bow under deck we deposited ten kegs of good powder and as much lead as we considered proportionate one-tenth ready moulded in rifle bullets we had also stowed away here a small brass cannon and carriage dismounted and taken to pieces so as to lie in little compass thinking that such a means of defence might possibly come into play at some period of our expedition this cannon was one of three which had been brought down the missouri by the spaniards two years previously and lost overboard from a pirogue some miles above petite corte a sandbar had so far altered the channel at the place where the canoe capsized that an indian discovered one of the guns and procured assistance to carry it down to the settlement where he sold it for a gallon of whiskey the people at petite corte then went up and procured the other two they were very small guns but of good metal and beautiful workmanship being carved and ornamented with serpents like some of the french field pieces fifty iron balls were found with the guns and these we procured i mention the way in which we obtained this cannon because it performed an important part in some of our operations as will be found hereafter besides it we had fifteen spare rifles boxed up and deposited forward with the other heavy goods we put the weight here to sink our bows well in the water which is the best method on account of the snags and sawyers in the river in the way of other arms we were sufficiently provided each man having a stout hatchet and knife besides his ordinary rifle and ammunition each boat was provided with a camp kettle three large axes a towing line two oil cloths to cover the goods when necessary and two large sponges for bailing the pirogue had also a small mast and sail which i omitted to mention and carried a quantity of gum birch bark and watapi to make repairs with she also had in charge all the indian goods which we had thought necessary to bring with us and which we purchased from the mississippi boat it was not our design to trade with the indians but these goods were offered us at a low rate and we thought it better to take them as they might prove of service 
they consisted of silk and cotton handkerchiefs thread lines and twine hats shoes and hose small cutlery and ironmongery calicoes and printed cottons manchester goods twist and carrot tobacco milled blankets and glass toys beads etc etc all these were done up in small packages three of which were a man's load the provisions were also put up so as to be easily handled and a part was deposited in each boat we had altogether two hundred weight of pork six hundred weight of biscuit and six hundred weight of pemmican this we had made at petite corte by the canadians who told us that it was used by the northwest fur company in all their long voyages when it is feared that game may not prove abundant it is manufactured in a singular manner the lean parts of the flesh of the larger animals is cut into thin slices and then placed on a wooden grate over a slow fire or exposed to the sun as ours was or sometimes to the frost when it was sufficiently dried in this way it is pounded between two heavy stones and will then keep for years if however much of it is kept together it ferments upon the breaking up of the frost in the spring and if not well exposed to the air soon decays the inside fat with that of the rump is melted down and mixed in a boiling state with a pounded meat half and half and it is then squeezed into bags and is ready to eat without any farther cooking being very palatable without salt or vegetables the best pemmican is made with the addition of marrow and dried berries and is a capital article of food our whiskey was in carboys of five gallons each and we had twenty of these a hundred gallons in all when everything was well on board with our whole company including thornton's dog we found that there was but little room to spare except in the big cabin which we wished to preserve free of goods as a sleeping place in bad weather we had nothing in here except arms and ammunition with some beaver traps and a carpet of bearskins our crowded state suggested an expedient which ought to have been adopted at all events that of detaching four hunters from the party to course along the river banks and keep us in game as well as to act in capacity of scouts to warn us of the approach of indians with this object we procured two good horses giving one of them in charge of robert and meredith greeley who were to keep upon the south bank and the other in charge of frank and poindexter greeley who were to course along the north side by means of the horses they could bring in what game was shot the arrangement relieved our boats very considerably lessening our number to eleven in the small boat were two of the men from petite corte with toby and pierre junot in the large one were the prophet as we called him or alexander wormley john greeley andrew thornton three of the petite corte men and myself with thornton's dog our mode of proceeding was sometimes with oars but not generally we most frequently pulled ourselves along by the limbs of trees on shore or where the ground permitted it we used a tow-line which is the easiest way some of us being on shore to haul while some remained on board to set the boat off shore with poles very often we poled together in this method which is a good one when the bottom is not too muddy or full of quicksands and when the depth of water is not too great 
the canadians are very expert as well as at rowing they use long stiff and light poles pointed with iron with these they proceed to the bow of the boat an equal number of men at each side the face is then turned to the stern and the pole inserted in the river reaching the bottom a firm hold being thus taken the boatmen apply the heads of the poles to the shoulder which is protected by a cushion and pushing in this manner while they walk along the gunwale the boat is urged forward with great force there is no necessity for any steersman while using the pole for the poles direct the vessel with wonderful accuracy in these various modes of getting along now and then varied with the necessity of wading and dragging our vessels by hand in rapid currents or through shallow water we commenced our eventful voyage up the missouri river the skins which were considered as the leading objects of the expedition were to be obtained principally by hunting and trapping as privately as possible and without direct trade with the indians whom we had long learned to know as in the main a treacherous race not to be dealt with safely in so small a party as ours the furs usually collected by previous adventurers upon our contemplated route included beaver otter marten lynx mink musquash bear fox kit fox wolverine raccoon fisher wolf buffalo deer and elk but we proposed to confine ourselves to the more costly kinds the morning on which we set out from petit Corte was one of the most inspiring and delicious and nothing could exceed the hilarity of our whole party the summer had hardly yet commenced and the wind which blew a strong breeze against us at first starting had all the voluptuous softness of spring the sun shone clearly but with no great heat the ice had disappeared from the river and the current which was pretty full concealed all those marshy and ragged alluvia which disfigure the borders of the missouri at low water it had now the most majestic appearance washing up among the willows and cottonwood on one side and rushing with a bold volume by the sharp cliffs on the other as i looked up the stream which here stretched away to the westward until the waters apparently met the sky in the great distance and reflected on the immensity of territory through which those waters had probably passed a territory as yet altogether unknown to white people and perhaps abounding in the magnificent works of god i felt an excitement of soul such as i had never before experienced and secretly resolved that it should be no slight obstacle which should prevent my pushing up this noble river farther than any previous adventurer had done at that moment i seemed possessed of an energy more than human and my animal spirits rose to so high a degree that i could with difficulty content myself in the narrow limits of the boat i longed to be with the greeleys on the bank that i might give full vent to the feelings which inspired me by leaping and running in the prairie in these feelings thornton participated strongly evincing a deep interest in our expedition and an admiration of the beautiful scenery around us which rendered him from that moment a particular favorite with myself i never at any period of my life felt so keenly as i then did the want of some friend to whom i could converse freely and without danger of being misunderstood 
the sudden loss of all my relatives by death had saddened but not depressed my spirits which appeared to seek relief in a contemplation of the wild scenes of nature and these scenes and the reflections which they encouraged could not i found be thoroughly enjoyed without the society of some one person of reciprocal sentiments thornton was precisely the kind of individual to whom i could unburden my full heart and unburden it of all its extravagant emotion without fear of incurring a shadow of ridicule and even in the certainty of finding a listener as impassioned as myself i never before or since met with anyone who so fully entered into my own notions respecting natural scenery and this circumstance alone was sufficient to bind him to me in a firm friendship we were as intimate during our whole expedition as brothers could possibly be and i took no steps without consulting him pierre and myself were also friends but there was not that tie of reciprocal thought between us that strongest of all mortal bonds his nature although sensitive was too volatile to comprehend all the devotional fervour of my own the incidents of the first day of our voyage had nothing remarkable in them except that we had some difficulty in forcing our way towards nightfall by the mouth of a large cave on the south side of the river this cave had a very dismal appearance as we passed it being situated at the foot of a lofty bluff full two hundred feet high and jutting somewhat over the stream we could not distinctly perceive the depth of the cavern but it was about sixteen or seventeen feet high and at least fifty in width the current ran past it with great velocity and as from the nature of the cliff we could not tow it required the utmost exertion to make our way by it which we at length effected by getting all of us with the exception of one man into the large boat this one remained in the pirogue and anchored it below the cave by uniting our force then in rowing we brought the large boat up beyond the difficult pass paying out a line to the pirogue as we proceeded and by this line hauling it up after us when we had fairly ascended we passed during the day bonhomie and osage femme rivers with two small creeks and several islands of little extent we made about twenty-five miles notwithstanding the head-wind and encamped at night on the north bank and at the foot of a rapid called diable june the fourth early this morning frank and poindexter greeley came into our camp with a fat buck upon which we all breakfasted in high glee and afterwards pushed on with spirit at the diable rapid the current sets with much force against some rocks which jut out from the south and render the navigation difficult a short distance above this we met with several quicksand bars which put us to trouble the banks of the river here fall in continually and in the process of time must greatly alter the bed at eight o'clock we had a fine fresh wind from the eastward and with its assistance made rapid progress so that by night we had gone perhaps thirty miles or more we passed on the north the river dubois a creek called charite and several small islands the river was rising fast as we came to at night under the group of cottonwood trees there being no ground near at hand upon which we were disposed to encamp it was beautiful weather and i felt too much excited to sleep 
so asking thornton to accompany me i took a stroll into the country and did not return until nearly daylight the rest of our crew occupied the cabin for the first time and found it quite roomy enough for five or six more persons they had been disturbed in the night by a strange noise overhead on deck the origin of which they had not been able to ascertain as when some of the party rushed out to sea the disturber had disappeared from the account given of the noise i concluded it must have proceeded from an indian dog who had scented our fresh provisions the buck of yesterday and was endeavoring to make off with a portion in this view i felt perfectly satisfied but the occurrence suggested the great risk we ran in not posting a regular watch at night and it was agreed to do so for the future having thus given in mr rodman's own words the incidents of the first two days of the voyage we forbear to follow him minutely in his passage up the missouri to the mouth of the platte at which he arrived on the tenth of august the character of the river throughout this extent is so well known and has been so frequently described that any farther account of it is unnecessary and the journal takes note of little else at this portion of the tour than the natural features of the country together with the ordinary boating and hunting occurrences the party made three several halts for the purpose of trapping but met with no great success and finally concluded to push farther into the heart of the country before making any regular attempts at collecting peltries only two events of moment are recorded for the two months which we omit one of these was the death of a canadian jacques luzon by the bite of a rattlesnake the other was the encountering a spanish commission sent to intercept and turn the party back by order of the commandant of the province the officer in charge of the detachment however was so much interested in the expedition and took so great a fancy to mr rodman that our travelers were permitted to proceed many small bodies of osage and kansas indians hovered occasionally about the boats but evinced nothing of hostility we leave the voyages for the present therefore at the mouth of the river platte on the tenth of august seventeen ninety one their number having been reduced to fourteen end of chapter two